if if they're not happy with who they're going with, I'm not going to twist their arm to change. I really, that's not my my game. My game is to gain them as gain their trust, and once you have their trust, to keep that trust. Um, it's really hard to get, but it's um, really easy to lose. That was Ben Hink, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke, and father of five young people. And I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well. Hey, guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Sounds good. Cool. So welcome back to Guild Stories. We've got a client of Guild Content and who is um, a client but also has become a good friend. So uh, without further ado, let's just welcome Ben Hink, the owner and president of Lumber One. Welcome, Uh, welcome. thank you. Ben, welcome to the show, man. Yep. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Um, tell us, man, if uh, we're going to trace your story all the way back, um, but if, if at a, a real quick, you know, jumping in point, tell us about Lumber One and your team there and what you guys do kind of on a daily basis. Yeah, no, Lumber One is a uh, uh, full service lumber yard in town and uh, greater services, services the greater uh, Kansas City area, um, Missouri, um, all areas of uh Kansas City area, um, Lawrence, Topeka, um, as well as places like Northeast, uh, KC, uh, Metro, Parkville, Kearney, wherever, a lot of different places that we have uh, we service. Um, we're currently one lumber yard located in DeSoto. Um, <coughs> and yeah, we'll, we'll service the, the one-timer that's building one house, and we'll service uh, all the way up to general contractors doing uh, hotels and uh, um, our services, uh, um, several competitors in town that do the same thing that we do, but uh, um, we believe our service is as good or better than anyone, and our pricing is uh, as competitive as theirs as well. Um, <coughs> we take we, we take their prints, uh, we do a takeoff, and uh, we give them pricing. We deliver it when they need it. Um, yeah, we also do have a framing aspect to our business. We subcontract it, but we work with uh, three large framing companies, and we'll We'll batch packages together um, with that as well. So we'll do the, the lumber estimation uh, and then uh, also do a estimation of what it costs to build the home mm. and frame the home. So, so yeah, that's a little bit of a dis- dis- disti- distinguishing factor uh, between us and our competition. But um, we like to be a bigger part of the project uh, with our customers to where yeah. they uh, were a team member with them. So, you know, quality scheduling, um, cost, sitting down and, and uh, handling those bigger problems rather than just uh, being the low-cost uh, lumber dumper and then just uh, you never hear from us again until you get another uh, uh, quote for, yeah. for lumber on a new project. So. Yeah, no, that's helpful, man. Yep. I, I appreciate the context. So mm-hmm. um, where did you grow up? I, I know enough about your story to be intrigued by the journey that, that you weren't necessarily like um, – lifelong lumber 
businessman. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really curious to to hear. I, I know parts of this story, but I'm curious to if you'd be open to it. Kind of wind us all the way back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, and 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 walk our way through kind of your college years and your early career to to um, end at this point with like, dude, you own a really cool, successful, neat business providing great value to people. Um, how in the heck did you get there, man? <laughs> right. No, it's uh, definitely a uh, colorful story. I grew up in uh, a small town in Nebraska. Um, grew up uh, in the tasseling in the cornfields up there, seed cornfields. That's what I first job was a <coughs> summer after my sixth grade year of, of uh, school and uh, started pulling tassels, making a little money there. Um, eventually rolled into uh, um, doing other things for seed corn companies, uh, eventually rolled into working for some uh, family farms, uh, farmers that we knew up there doing uh, all sorts of different things, anything yeah. you can do on a farm. We didn't have any livestock, but we had all sorts of row crop, corn, beans, uh, milo, so forth, so I drove tractors. Uh, they didn't, they didn't uh, trust the planting to me, but I did uh, about everything else in the fields <laughs> you can do with from irrigation to cultivating to, you know, maintenance on all the ma- machines and so forth. Oh. So, so, yeah, I grew up doing that. My dad, uh, he... Uh, he worked at a manufacturing plant there as a process engineer. Kind of uh, worked his way up through the stu- through the uh, school of hard knocks himself. Started at the bottom, got up to the top, uh, higher up in his his organization as a, a process engineer on some of the process lines in a, in a exhaust manufacturing plant. Mm. And so uh, a lot of his mechanical, I guess, uh, you know, brushed off on me as we grew up. Yeah. We maintain cars we maintain stuff and then me working on the farm to maintain an equipment uh, that awesome. kind of got me in uh, um, mechanical mindset and a bunch of my friends and i we also did stuff with cars growing up so what kind of cars um <coughs> all had, sorts yeah yeah my grandma gave me my first car she gave it to me free for and it had all litany of problems a 79 <laughs> mercury cougar two-door big uh sweet uh, hood as big as a, a dining room table <laughs> and uh, so me and dad got the that back to life, and uh, that was my first car. And then I had several problems. So we, I was constantly in engines and going through junkyards to find uh, pieces and parts that may have been gummed up or broken inside of it. And awesome. So, anyways, that's how I kind of got my background. And and through high school, uh, uh, and became interested to be mechanical engineering is what I was in, eventually interested in. And once I came out of high school, I went to in Nebraska and mechanical engineering. So um, that background served me well. I yeah. learned a lot of stuff about mechanical stuff, uh, pumps, motors, fans, you know, just things. And so, uh, yeah, graduated uh, University of Nebraska mechanical engineering. And throughout college, I was still working at the farm most of the time. Nice. And then also went back and for three years of it, I was working for the manufacturing plant my dad worked for. Um, kind of as a co-op engineer there and eventually was working full-time for them during college and uh, when I came out of college I started working uh, for a power company huh. in Omaha and uh, was a boiler engineer for them and uh, crawling through boilers figuring out oh man you know doing inspections on these large coal-fired uh, uh, power plant uh, units uh, did that uh, did that there and we also did stuff with pumps, motors, and, you know, testing and so forth. But um, 
anyways, uh, long story short, I went through, I was a boiler engineer for them. I was a boiler engineer for a company in, in uh, North Carolina. Also, I was a, a boiler engineer out there for several years. And uh, I'm cutting through a bunch of yeah, sure. bunch, yeah. of, bunch yeah. of different stuff here. But uh, no, it's great. In general, how I came to came to be and and where I'm at, um, all the background of the uh, history of why I'd even want to do a lumberyard. But <laughs> so so then I eventually got into starting up coal fired power plants. Went and worked for some uh, large OEM of uh, coal fired units and uh, traveled the world with them. Literally. Asia and I spent a bunch of different places here in Jeez. the U.S. starting up new coal-fired plants and uh, where you uh, you got them running basically, you know, mm. brand new, brand new power plant and brand new bringing coal in and gas and whatever first time and all the startup aspects of of that. That's a whole nother podcast in itself, <laughs> but uh, but um, a huge thing like it like you you, act, you say that like it's you know hey I went on a on a two mile bike ride. <laughs> like it's like, dude, <laughs> wait a second. You went to Indonesia and all these places in the country to, to start coal fired power. That's insane, dude. That's super cool. Yep. Yep. That was, I mean, that figures into the whole experience here that, yeah. Uh, yeah. um, it was great. I mean, these are huge, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars projects and you're a part of getting them actually running, sitting behind the control board to get them working. Dang. You know, you using, uh, um, you use your schooling a lot, but you also use a lot of, uh, um, mechanical stuff, you yeah, know, welding yeah. and fixing and you know, bearings and, you know, seals. And you learn um, a whole different aspect that not necessarily what I'm doing in lumber right now, but it's problem solving. A mm. lot of, I mean, daily problem solving on, on stuff. So I got away from uh, traveling overseas and working for a, a large construction company. Um, I worked for Kiwit, and I can say it, you know, I was there 10 years. And yeah. um, probably the best move I made was going to work for them and went for went to work for them as they were a fledgling uh, um, um, in building power plants at the time. They were mm. just really starting that, and I had a bunch of experience in starting them up, and they didn't have a, a startup and commissioning department, uh, only a couple people at the time. Now they have 30 or 40 or something like that. That. Um, but uh, so I went there as kind of uh, a guy that knew how to start stuff up. And uh, hey, we're we're a new construction company starting to build these large, yeah. in their case, combined cycle plants. So worked for them for ten years. Um, eventually, as a commissioning engineer, starting stuff up, mechanical startup engineer, and then was a commissioning manager eventually for several years for them, starting up uh, large combined cycle plants and. Uh, and then also I started up a uh, large LNG export facility. I was one of a team on that export facility. It wasn't a one man running that whole show. Mm-hmm. There was several managers that did startup and commissioning on that that managed different aspects of that project. It was a huge project, mm-hmm. three, $4 billion job, but huge job. Got to manage a lot of people, got to you know solve a lot of interesting yeah. problems. Um, just, you just, solving problems is all you did. So. That was so much fun, but uh, coming back to why I'm where I'm at and a little bit of that background, I've been been a lot of places, done a lot of different things, and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Work was always my life. Um, I didn't, I wasn't as successful personally in that whole deal with uh, um, past relationships, families, mm-hmm. whatever. I wasn't mm-hmm. very successful in that regard because I put my work first, mm-hmm. and and I had fun doing my work, and that was pretty much my family was uh, everyone at work and mm. including all the way uh, up through Kiwit 
um, Kit's great company. I just we just we just worked a lot and loved yeah. it. Everyone loved yeah. it. So um, come a full circle. Me and my wife, we were like, you know, we need to uh, we need to do something different mm. for our family, and we we're both on board with it. So uh, we started looking for a company to buy that I could use my my skills, my managerial skills. You know, we had budgets and you know managing people sure. and everything on on. Um, a lot of these projects that I managed, so it wasn't completely foreign to run a company. It just kind of felt like we're running a company within a company. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still hiring and firing, still doing all that that you would normally do with a company. Um, so yeah, I started looking around, and uh, 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 mechanical guy. I was looking for anything to do. I was looking for HVAC companies. I was looking for. Uh, stuff like that any a company that would allow me to do something at least regionally if not yeah. less than regionally that I could be involved in my uh, children's stuff be involved uh, hanging out with my wife or friends mm. period in mm. uh, in the neighborhood or something like that hunting and fishing that's uh, huge uh, mm. huge thing I uh, grew up doing and uh, didn't really get to do a whole lot of it in the last uh, 10 15 years uh, and uh, you know live life a little yeah. bit so <coughs> not looking to uh, break the bank on anything and, and just be rolling in money, but really have that work-life balance that I can uh, mm. um, appreciate with, you know, my wife and family and all my friends. So, yeah. yeah. So we started looking and uh, um, I looked, I mean, everyone asked, how did you find the business, whatever. And Cause um, you weren't living in KC at the time. No, right? I was living in Houston at the time. Okay. So okay. yeah. Um, I was living in Houston for about a year prior to moving up here. Um, closing on the business but uh yeah found it found, found it actually while i was doing my last project with them out in uh, maryland and started to talking about it and uh. so forth when i was in maryland and um and then moved to houston with with Kiewit and started a new project there in the engineering office and then uh, um, worked through some details here didn't know if it'd come to fruition eventually got financials and i was a newbie to buying business so i it took me a while and it took them a while because they'd yeah. never they started the business from scratch, and they never sold one either. So mm. it did take a while uh, talking through everything. But uh, finally got the deal um, done last uh, March, a year ago, March of 19. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, once once I met with the, with the owners of the company, there were several owners of the company, um, to figure out whether it was something I could handle and something I had the if they wanted to sell to me, I was kind of, they were mm. kind of interviewing me too sure. to see if the, the person could take – the business and run with it where they had it um and so yeah it, it it worked out we put all the all the dollars and cents together and was able to make it happen so it's been a great ride so far i've been in there a year and uh we've been successful we've been uh, we didn't lose anybody mm. you know mm. I, I didn't make anybody mad enough to <laughs> quit yet i guess so um but uh learning a lot of course you know we're building we also like i said frame houses so uh, there's a little bit of that aspect from my prior life we didn't i didn't do any wood yeah. building before we did my guys did a lot of welding or you know erection Steel, of right, stuff right. you know but uh very similar contracts i'm i'm more familiar on the commercial side obviously we did these big projects there are big commercial jobs with big contracts and and so forth that you had to yeah. adhere to but our projects now with residential, they aren't really as contract heavy. Um, the commercial mm. jobs we do are, so I'm I'm a lot a lot more experienced on those that I can help with. Um, 
and a lot more understanding of yeah. when stuff happens and how to handle it. So, so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a little wild. bit. Is there anything I, no, man, it's, it's, it's yeah, great. And it, it, it's a neat story um, to think you, in, in many ways, you didn't say it this way, but in many ways you, you climbed your own corporate ladder, um, moved a bunch, went all over the country, all over the world, frankly, um, and, and still felt, because I, I resonate with that part of your story because I did something similar, right, where it was, I got to this level from a career perspective, and I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think there's maybe something different, and, and not, not that that was a bad thing by any means, but I think it called something deeper out of, of both of us maybe of like, hey, what if what if this isn't the only way to live right. and to make a, make a buck and, and, and provide for family? And what if there was an opportunity to build something that was also um, afforded the opportunity to, to then take the time to do the hunting trip or the fishing trip or the time with your family or spending uh, – I, I know you, you just are involved in a lot of cool, cool things that um, – aren't necessarily tied to the lumber yard. I mean, again, it's all related and everything, um, everything connects, but I think that that had to have been a tough transition to, to essentially walk away from this really influ uh, influential role, big gig, what most people would probably be like, Oh wait, you're quitting this because of what? You're buying a lumber yard? <laughs> yeah, all like, of them. All yeah. of them. I'm all sure. Of them that the company, they, they, they tell me that uh, whenever I talk to people, you did what? You bought a what? Mm. You left this for that? This is way more exciting than that. And it's like, yeah, in some ways it is. I sure. miss it a lot. I mean, I miss the, me the too. tight schedules and, the, you know, uh, I miss having uh, a lot of people working for you and, and the, just the, the adrenaline that goes with the position. And the, yeah. I do miss it. There's a lot of stress with it, but I didn't even see it as that way. But uh, um, I do miss it. But I'm guarantee you, my wife doesn't miss it mm. because uh, mm. um, she 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 hung with me uh, through the last several jobs and mm. knowing that uh, we had a different plan eventually. Yeah. Just didn't know when that would happen. And, and that, you're right. People within the company were asking me. You know, still do, and some of them understand. Yeah. They're in. A, they're feeling the same pressure. Yeah, they feel yeah. it. But yeah. uh, I mean, it's a great career. It, it really is. I maybe probably would have uh, hung around a little longer. <laughs> I might have uh, got into a position, or I might not have been that key guy on the job. But you just never know. You want to be that. You want to be a key guy on the job. You want to do that. That's what makes it fun. But uh, it's all. It was all fun. It was just. Uh, yeah, it, it was, was time. It was. Yeah. It was tough. Uh, um, people think I'm cool for 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 <laughs> doing what i did but it was a great move and it has been a great move yeah and, and man i i don't i obviously didn't know you in those those kiowa days but um it does seem like you are living more into your gifts and your skill sets and your not that you weren't right but but the the ability for for you to have these other multi-dimensions i guess i'd say it that way like to to bring to life these other dimensions that might might have been neglected or just frankly didn't have the time for in the the the, the again terrific career but like like you said you you worked and it was just, there wasn't much time for anything else and um i, I think that's a neat aspect I, if you'd be open to sharing it i, I remember and I'm, I'm, I'm sure i'll get the details wrong but i loved when you shared the story with me of and again i'll, I'll maybe 
get it wrong, so I hope you'll correct me. But you were driving north on 35, I think, when something happened, like the the, the listing popped up, or yeah, you, you kind of made like a big, like a literal detour to go like meet with the owners of Lumber One, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was uh, just the way things happened. I guess we were uh, <laughs> the whole family. We were driving from uh, Houston to Nebraska. Maybe, I guess, I, yeah. I guess I wasn't in Maryland at the time that we first started talking about this company. But uh, we couldn't have been too long into Houston. So, anyways, we were in Houston. I uh, had the whole family, and we were driving up for the 4th of yeah. July is what we were doing. And, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. So, uh, we were driving up in about Dallas. I got an t- email came in that said uh, some company was for sale. Um, um, didn't say what kind. Didn't say where it was. Didn't say anything like that other than construction industry. And so, I... I I uh, went ahead and inquired, and and then eventually called up the. They had a broker associated with it, so I called him up and and uh, talked to him a little bit and talked to him about the company. And he said it was in the KC area, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm driving that general vicinity. You mind if I, you know, swing over there? Can you get the owners together and we can just chat?" And so that's what we did. Uh, we eventually met and met at like a bar and grill and sat there and talked and I left my family in the car for about two and a half hours while, awesome. I, while I hashed it out just to, um, yeah, I, I interviewed them and they interviewed me type thing and, and they were able to get everybody together to talk about it and it was great and uh, just happened to work out then we went away from there and um, I continued our trip up to obviously to Nebraska to see my family in Fort July but uh, um, then we started getting financials and that's where it kind of got rolling it just was a I, I could have easily kept driving and then, you know, not met them. And I don't yeah. think it would have came. It wouldn't, it probably would still happen maybe, uh, um, but it, it just is hard to get all those people players together and it just worked out that day. So it was, uh, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's an interesting, it, um, to me, the, the story I'm like making up in my mind at least is you, you were, you know, that bar and grill setting is a group who, was clearly like financially, but also emotionally invested in the lumber one story. They, they, not all of them, but had, had built that, had seen it come to life, had been through the hard years and the 2008s and all of the different points along the way. Um, and, and, and you come to that table with this different lens of excitement and optimism. And I can, I can help build this and take this story to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm just curious, like how I've never gone through a, a scenario like that. So, what's the emotional like currency in that room? Or, or is it apprehensive? Is it fearful? Is it optimistic? Like, what what was the kind of current going on? Um, no, they they had made a, I, they had made a decision. They wanted to sell, yeah. but they didn't know they wanted to they wanted the right person to yeah. sell to. So, absolutely, there was a lot of um, you know the more I been here a year and got to know the past owners and so forth more and uh they definitely they started it from uh, grassroots Mm -hmm. and uh from almost nowhere and uh you know we're happy they they actually worked at other lumber yards in town and uh weren't happy with where they were for one reason or another and uh, thought they could uh, do something themselves and um so yeah they had uh, definitely um they still tell me to this day you know hey it was never not always this easy or mm. what this mm. is one big thing that changed whenever mm. I'm talking about something they're like man back in the day when we're just getting out and, and I see that uh, 
um, ownership still in them, even though um, I have one past owner that, that still works with me. And, and he has so much invested in that company, mm. and you can see it. Past uh, other guys, they, they do the same. So uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's great to, to understand where they came from and, and uh, the road to get there. They did a great job of uh, um, riding out the tough times and uh, um, really making it a successful business that was, uh, you know, something viable they could uh, invest and in, in actually sell. So that's awesome. Yeah. So so you take oh, you you buy and, and essentially inherit a an operation, a team, a building. Uh, um, a, t- a fleet of equipment <laughs> like exactly what were when you showed up to you know to your new job so to speak mm-hmm. on day one what, what was day one like what'd you do like what do you like come in and start saying to these people who now well uh i was pretty uh i was pretty reserved you know i came from a life at Kiwit where everyone's an a player it seems like and uh, <laughs> you, you uh really you know i had to have a different management aspect and I, I, I relied heavily on uh, um, my right hand man Kevin I relied really heavily on him on uh, different things he and I had it out a few times in our yeah. own office together just you know because we had we didn't know each other yeah. yet yeah. and conflicting personalities and I knew that uh, um, I'd built enough teams um, and before built enough teams mm-hmm. to understand um, what you can and can't do I learned the hard way a lot of in a lot of cases on what you can and can't do to build a good team and um, use some of those things, but you still got to vent and, and Kevin was my vent on some things of why you do this, you're wasting this or whatever. And I'm wrong on 95% of them. So, you know, he, but uh, what you couldn't do is you didn't want to do is affect the rest of the team. Um, Mm. So coming in, I guess I, you know, took an office, whatever was available and started making my little hole there. And, uh, just got to slowly understand uh, who who's doing what, you know, mm-hmm. because before the before the sale, you can't talk to anyone there. You don't want anyone to know. Right. They might interesting. They might leave, or who knows what. I didn't know. Maybe they'd all stayed. Maybe it'd have been great, but uh, I was really particular, and they were too, actually, pretty sensitive to, uh, you know, just keeping it keep confidential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. because you don't want people getting nervous if someone's yeah. going to buy your company. You get nervous, right? And you don't know who it is and, and whatever. <coughs> Think they're going to come in there and clean slate right, or do right. something. Who knows what? And uh, that's not at all. I wanted it just to not, miss, not yeah. miss a beat to start out with and not create any more problems than what they already had. Yeah, I want to I want to develop business. I want to grow. I want this, that, and the other. But not at the detriment of the relationships with the people that are actually doing well for the company, which is all of them. Mm. And uh, not at the detriment of relationships between us. Mm. So... That was that was key to me. Um, so it was a lot of discussing, uh, and I would just you know slowly say, well, what if what what, yeah. what let's let's write a flow chart down. I remember doing that, and they're like, wow, we've never done this before. You know, <laughs> who does what when we get an order? What happens after that? And then I'd put an arrow, and we we did that one day with a few of us, and it was helpful to me, and it was helpful to them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I took a picture of it and keep reviewing it every so often so that I remember you know exactly how our business runs and how an order gets through and how we get paid basically you know how (laughs) how does this all roll and how much time does it take so i didn't know that out of the gate i mean i was was as green as it gets coming into Mm. running a lumberyard so but it's still a business 
and uh, <clears throat> and then you just slowly start looking at different things. You know, uh, the first problem uh, we you know was uh, getting everyone. You know, the company name changed, right? The overall company name changed. It didn't change Lumber One's Lumber One, but the the, the holding. The yeah, the uh, the incorporation yeah. behind it changed, yeah. and so there was a lot of headaches with that. That I. Mm headaches but just issues i mean i've never had worked through yeah. i had never yeah. done it before so it'd be a lot easier if i'd do it again but uh just understanding that aspect whether it's insurance or yeah. whether it's uh everybody all all the companies that we have contracts with you know having that changed you know meeting with lawyers to talk about how that all needs to be and getting good advice on how we need to set ourselves up for you know tax planning and i did a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff up front so i just let them be um for the most part they might disagree with me I tried to tried to let everything be and just um, help where I could, and then you know we went through a lot of different changes with the stuff uh, because of the the background, the, the incorporation change behind sure. it. So I handled that, and uh, I tried not to make any waves. Tried to tried to um, be a friend to everyone, and uh, hopefully I am friends with everyone. I feel like I am, and then uh, so then you start getting that rapport with them. They can tell you stuff, and then as the new owner they can tell you stuff and they're not, you're not going to retort and yell at them type thing um, that they know they can come you know, talk through issues or yeah. talk through stuff that's damaged or talk through things that are going well and so yeah. forth talk through talk about new customers you know bad customers people paying people not paying on time these sorts of things and then i so you just slowly soak in that whole um process up and then slowly interjecting where hey um why don't you know? Why don't we do this? Or this is a small change. You think people would go for it? Or and then just start implementing some of that stuff along the way, and uh, you know, uh, being visible to people to where you start talking to them, and you know, you start high fiving guys, or you start shaking mm-hmm. hands with guys, and then they start to get to know you. And know you're not a just a guy coming in here trying to whatever make money off of them and roll in it and not ever see them type thing or something yeah. like that. You yeah. Wanna, you want to be invested and that you and that you truly care about all of them which is is an ongoing thing always you know sure. culture wise but uh, um, really I didn't there wasn't too much of a culture to change but uh, just so they knew my culture so they knew what I cared about so they knew what my um, sticking points were mm-hmm. as a human and as a you know an owner and uh, yeah so that's Slow, so to answer your question, start off slow in a little office and then slowly just learning about all the different processes and then helping where I could. Yeah, so. that's great, man. It, it's cool to think, um, you know, because because my, my lens of ownership has come through the start, right? Like through starting it, mm-hmm. through growing it organically and sometimes quickly and sometimes terrifyingly slow. That's some, tough. Yeah, and, and 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 to come, I can't even imagine. I mean, because the team was is how big 20, 25, 25, or we have twenty five yeah. or twenty seven now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to to come in, um, and 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 shepherd and grow and lead someone else's team that that is now obviously yours, right? But like, I, I really respect how um, you walked in 
to learn and to understand and listen, not to say, hey, I'm Ben, and this is the way we're going to do shit here. Well, <laughs> like, you wanted to do that. Of course, of you course. You wanted to do that, and, and that was me and Kevin behind closed doors talking about sure. stuff, and I would say stuff like that, and then quickly learn that that's not the way to handle it, you know, with, I mean, it's okay to say it to your, your, your uh, like I said, your leader, yeah. your yeah. leader and your operations manager of the whole place, so uh, he's the right guy to say it to, but... Um, but uh, you feel like that sometimes, but I know better. I've tried mm. that in the past, and, mm. it, and it doesn't work in, in past teams. So mm. I had some good mentors uh, coming up through uh, Kiwit that really helped me, mm. you know, be a better manager, be a better person, be a smarter manager, be uh, smarter with my words rather than, uh, you know, knee-jerk yeah. type stuff, you know, that, you know, disassociated people from you made them not want to work for you type thing. Mm. I'm curious to, to uh, your comment about Kevin reminded me, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed, and I probably haven't told you this out loud. Um, I've appreciated the way that you exude leadership, even to your team. And I've asked you several questions along our, our journey together these last few months about like, cool. So what's your day look like? How do you prioritize your priority? How, I just said the same word. How do you prioritize your day? How do you look at different aspects of the business um, and and stay in the weeds where you need to and stay out of them where you need to? Um, and, and, and I'm asking both, like, to know you and understand you. And then there's, of course, this, like, uh, you're mentoring me as you're leading the way as we grow, right? Like, I, I just, I think, um, I'd be curious if, to, if you'd be open to sharing kind of the way that you've even approached your daily work, your monthly work, your quarterly work. I think your engineering mind helps, you know, my jumbled creative crazy mind. <laughs> so right. I, I, if you'd be willing to share that, that's that'd why be cool. I hired you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, if you ask, this is funny. If you ask my son, he came to work with me a couple times. Uh, you know, he had a day off of school. So he came with me for a half day or, you know, I'd, whatever he came with me and then um, he said, uh, you know, what does your dad do at work? Someone asked him that, and he's like, oh, he just walks around. He just walks around and talks to people is what he said, and I just started laughing. That's from his, from the outside, you know, young kid mind that he doesn't see anything, any of the interactions you have with the people, but that's what that's what he sees. That's what he sees his dad doing. He sees dad as the boss, and I was like, man, I got to change that. If Maybe the, all the other guys are thinking that, but it just brings you back to – what are your priorities, you know, and a lot of, or and what do you do is not really seen by, huh. um, it isn't, yeah, if we flop a brand new truck into the yard, they're, they're like, all oh, right, Ben bought a new truck. Awesome. You know, he did something, right? And uh, so a lot of the stuff is, uh, I get shielded from a lot of the weeds that I don't need to be in by Kevin, and he does a good job of it. And I think he does a good job of telling me when it becomes bigger weed to huh. pick, whether it's, uh, hey, this is, man, we we have a bad truck out in the yard. And he didn't want to whine about it for the first two months, three months. But when it starts uh, costing us tens of thousands of dollars on maintenance or something like that, he's like, man, I think we need to roll this thing into, you know, or or, or we got a bad employee. He's not showing up. Do you want to, let's, let's talk to him type thing. I don't need to be involved every day he calls in, but after five or six times of him calling in, or two or three even, yeah, yeah, um, then he'll involve me in those weeds. So um, it it can go 
across the board with anything like that. Um, outside of the general um, operations and so forth, I think I prioritize the business as what what am I here to add to it? Am I just a guy to sit here and twiddle my thumbs and wait for a problem to come to me? Um, you hear all the time, if you ever watch any, any or read any books or anything like that on leadership or anything, you say if you aren't it, or business, mm. if you aren't growing, then you're dying. You know, mm. if you aren't growing, then mm. you aren't whatever. And that's it, it, it's it's true. I'd say, um, I I tell you, after a year of being in this business, it's hard to grow it. It's not as simple as uh, uh, slapping your name out on the internet and helping people mm. call you. Um, it, the relationships are deeper with our customers. Absolutely. But, but um, so, what what I you know prioritize and so forth is stuff that really helps the business. How can we? I mean, something as simple as let's let's organize the yard a little bit better. Let's put mm. some racking over here. Mm. Uh, they might have done it before, but um, maybe not. Now, and so that's stuff that I can help with and then make it more organized. Or um, it can it can be uh, me looking to see how we can um, actually have more money in our hands at the end of the year or renegotiate our contracts with uh, health insurance or stuff like that. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to, and I wouldn't expect them to want to deal with that. So me tackling some of that stuff, slower moving stuff, yeah. that's really hard to hack through. Um, it can be a line of credit or something like that, that, uh, you know, I'm the one to talk to the bank. I'm the one to talk through financials and describe everything to them. Um, it's just, if anything comes up like that, that it's, it's me, and that's and I prioritize that myself so that we have the ability to, um, you know, COVID is a good example. Yeah, the, yeah. How this whole thing hit, you know, that brought different priorities to me. How are we protecting ourselves? How are we protecting our employees? How are we protecting our customers? And are we doing by, right by everyone else by the way we're conducting ourselves out in the field, whether it's our subs or whether it's us? Um, these are the things that go through my mind and then filter that to Kevin and, and ask, you know, how. Yeah. Oh, I think we're good with this. I think, yeah, we can do this better or whatever. And uh, some of these bigger things, they go on my list, uh, my long-term list, to be able to always review and and figure out, you know, how are we doing in, in this new scenario? You know, the big ones, lumber pricing right now is mm. through the roof. It's a historic, almost historical highs, not quite, but uh, it's getting there. And it moves so fast that it's, uh, how are we handling that? How are we? Are we? Or not how are we are we still making money i can see that but uh how are we telling our customers how we're going to protect them and how we can be a good partner to them and still maybe we we don't make as much money and they don't make as much money but we keep them busy or we keep them still able to build homes for you know it'll, we'll still have to increase price so to speak so that sure, yeah. they have to eat a little bit of it we're eating a little bit of it and and uh just really being transparent um, as much as we can to the customers that that want it. Some of them don't want it. Some of them just want a price. And but, anyways, trying to be a better partner. These are these are huge things on my list that I try to think of daily. It's not necessarily um, if Joe Blow showed up on time, um, <laughs> because I, I definitely rely on my my team for that. And then when it becomes a problem, they're involved. In, so yeah, no, that's well said, man. And I, I've I've seen that firsthand at, at the yard, right, in terms of the way um, you've empowered and given. And, and, and Kevin obviously has earned that 
from his decades sure. of work there. For sure. But that you walked in and didn't say, like, cool, I'm going to micromanage the heck out of this thing. I, at least for me, my, I think my tendency would have been um, if I'm buying a brand-new business, I'm going to, like, freak out and control every little thing and, like, try to make sure that the dust in the corner was taken care of. I was Where, like that. I, to be honest with you, I was like that out of the gate. I'm like, you know, why isn't our office cleaner? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? And and you slowly learn that. I mean, we we do have a dusty yard, and you know, and I would I'd vent those things to Kevin only because they end up you end up picking your battles yeah, with yeah. different stuff. Yeah, you can handle that. I can. I started hiring a cleaning company because that's that's my thing. Yeah, uh, yep. you can get away with a lot of stuff, but I you know I thought that was worthwhile for. Yeah, just just something like that. I mean, they not that they didn't clean before. They yeah, did. Yeah, they yeah. cleaned yeah. plenty before, but um, just a decision that I'd rather have someone regularly come do it rather than pick someone from the yard to do it. These sorts of things. So um, just I was like that. Yeah. I literally inside me. I'm, I'm thinking back to how I managed it my prior life, and you know, realizing it's a whole different ball game mm-hmm. with the whole business rather than just, um, you know, one subset of people that I knew had thick skin and that I could, yeah. you know, really put the hammer down and, and <laughs> you know, I don't, and if they all quit, I could hire someone else right, right. now. I don't want to hire more people. I don't want them to quit. I don't yeah. want to hire any people. Yeah. We have buy-in and we have long-term employees that you want to keep. That's so, awesome. That's anyway. awesome. What's been maybe, um, some of the most rewarding parts of this last, you know, 15, 16 month journey of, of your kind of insertion as the owner? Um, definitely got to know all of the, all the people, um, trying to gain their trust and trying to gain their, uh, um, that, that I'm just a normal human being. I'm not some owner hmm. dude that, uh, doesn't care about them. Just, Letting them know I care, addressing problems that, you know, real problems that they, they voice to me and, and acting on stuff like that or the team acting on stuff that they uh, they have concerns with. That Those are probably some big ones. That, That's cool. It's rewarding to me to, to be able to just go up and talk to anybody and they can tell me how their weekend went and, yeah. you know, what they did and uh, no reservations on, you know, what I'm not judging them on how many beers they drank or who knows what <laughs> just just anything yeah. you know what movie they saw or something or whether that i thought it was a dumb movie or something but um just slowly building that family group and uh, um, continuing to build the, a culture yeah. which again just i say it's my culture but it's not my culture build a culture that maybe it was a little um, different than what they had before but maybe it's a lot the same i don't know i wasn't there for the however many years to understand if I'm actually changing something or if I'm reinforcing what they already did before. Mm. So um, other rewarding stuff would be uh, customers getting involved at the, at the, I love to meet the owners of our customers. It's always been a, uh, it's tough road to hoe to actually meet the head dude of a company, you know, because they get bigger, they get more layered and actually if they, the ones that we've been able to break through and talk to, it's been a great relationship mm-hmm. to, so they understand me, they understand how I'm going to react on on an issue. They can come to me if there's any, whatever, a question on a bid that 
is vital. Like like right now, I have several owners calling me directly about um, lumber prices, huh. you know, because it affects their back end and it affects their profits, yep. you know, and uh, and not all of them, uh, not not a huge percentage of them to be honest with you, but some really big projects that are that we have gonna um, transpire at the end of this year and the beginning of next. Um, to ha- they have the you know, just to shoot a text to me and stuff. That's that's really rewarding in those relationships. And I'm not, I'm not one who's going to sit there and push and say we're the best thing since sliced bread. I think we are, but if if they're not happy with who they're going with, I'm not going to twist their arm to change. I really, that's not my my game. My game is to gain them as gain their trust. And once you have their trust, to keep that trust. Um, it's really hard to get, but it's um, really easy to lose. So um, s- as you can slowly build that with a relationship, whether it's, you know, I'm not big on, hey, I'm going to pay for this vacation for you. I'm going to pay for this for you, and I'm going to woo you into doing business with us. That's not me. I Good customers are the ones that, that relate with you, that understand you personally and understand your company at its roots mm-hmm. rather than, um, just going in there and giving a, knowing you're going to get a low price and uh, on one job and mm-hmm. literally that's not us and it's rewarding to have those relationships you know uh, eventually blossom and, and see some gain out of it to where they they, they fully trust you man that's so well said uh, I, I literally just wrote down like <laughs> that the the trust is so tough to mm-hmm. build and so tough to gain um, and it's so freaking easy to lose if mm-hmm. you screw up. And, and it's, you know, that old analogy of like, um, you know, you drop a coffee mug and it shatters into a thousand pieces. That's what happens with trust. When trust gets broken, it's really difficult to rebuild that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you individually, but also you as number one. Building that culture. Yeah, has man. That. Yeah, and, and, and that the, the cool part from a storytelling and marketing perspective is that that's true from – in your particular case, the guy who owns the company to the woman on the front lines answering the phone to the dude in the lumberyard, like pulling two by fours to the girl who's slinging, you know, the uh, uh, whatever the cables are that you throw over to tie down the, yeah, <laughs> whatever those are. Straps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The straps. And like that trust from end to end has to be consistent at every touch point along. It, it's one, you could do everything right at the yard and then some guy who doesn't give a crap shows up at the job site and dumps the lumber and is a dick, pardon the language. Yep. And, and all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second, right? And, and we have a personal experience with uh, your team where my wife um, has a very particular taste on the front door that she wanted. And um, the, the trusted process that she experienced as, as a customer, and we're, I mean, dude, like one door and – an hour from your yard, um, a one-off project, not even close to the, your top priority, right? But, like, the way she experienced your team and then you was, like, she was, like, we'd never go, like, we'd never go anywhere else. Like, these guys just listened, they cared, they, and he delivered exactly what I wanted. And I was, like, dude, that's so cool. And it's a real-life example, that's right? why I sent you three texts on whether it was exactly what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Happy <laughs> wife. I wanted to make sure it was. Happy wife, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's super cool. Let, let's let me let me pick uh, up a little different piece of the thread here. Um, an, another aspect of your professional career, which I think is is really intriguing and worth talking about, 
is you've you've um, been involved and have become involved in some different organizations that, of course, help Lumber One long term, but on the surface maybe seem a little bit distinct from your day to day running of Lumber One. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about like why why that's important to you, how you got involved in that, like what um, what does that look like? Well, um, it was. Uh, there's a there's a story to each one of those, I guess. Uh, Kevin Kevin would call me Ben's a big networker. He's a networker, you know, and uh, he says it a lot. And and I, when he first said it, I was like, no, I'm not a networker. I'll let him say it, but whatever. I didn't fight him on it. But I think about it more, and yeah, I am a networker. I guess uh, he he's right, and it's 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 um, something that I've, you know, obviously if to build your business, you have to start networking you have to start knowing people you know i've i've uh i'm don't know how to i don't know how to get uh didn't know i have an idea now i didn't know how to set up a new health insurance for the company i didn't know who, how to go bid that out i didn't know how to do that i need i need contacts for that i need it's a network so to speak um a lawyer if i have issues with a contractor who's not paying or, or who knows what on home builder that's not paying lawyer i need them as a network who's a good one who's not going to just you know charge me hours um so you start with that that's that's the that's the professional side network i needed an accountant i needed a tax planner i needed a lot of Mm. different stuff Mm. um to help me and and you don't just go 1-800 google (laughs) and pick the first one off the list and say okay i'm going to take these guys with health insurance some people might do that but it's so much better than Mm. like if uh you tell me, Justin, that, you know, this company is really good and they will really help you out. That That's cutting through so many weeds before, sure. I, you know, you get that, I'm sure. If I tell you somebody's a good dude, then, you know, then I vetted them. And mm-hmm. if you know me at all, you, you would know whatever you're getting type thing. So when I first came to Kansas City, um, it's a long story, uh, a little bit. <laughs> they always um, are. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had All the uh, good ones I are. missed part of my uh, in my earlier talk up. I actually almost bought a business before this one that fell through uh, a larger heating and air company or a medium sized heating and air company, not in this area, in a different state. But anyways, uh, during that process, I actually had uh, had a buy side broker that helped me through the process, and he had some contacts for I wanted to review you know, financials, and he he had a financial guy that did some work for me. He happened to be here in Kansas City, smart guy. And um, anyways, that whole deal fell through, and, and eventually came this one came through and happened to be in Kansas City where I first met the guy or met the guy via email, and he helped me out with some stuff, talked to him once on the phone. So he was the first person I called. And. I'll pimp him out here a little bit. CBiz, who was an employee yeah. for CBiz, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> you know, people may have their own thoughts about CBiz, but uh, CBiz has been great with me. And mm. uh, he, he introduced me just first first off, introduced me to a book, bookkeeping company, a couple guys. Um, they describe the name of their company. Great yeah. company, yeah. Um, Greg and Derek over there. Uh, some of the first guys I met here. They they ha- all have contacts. Uh, CBiz has tons of contacts. They do nothing but work with businesses. So they know all sorts of other businesses, whether it's lawyers or whether it's yep. whatever it may be. 
So I met uh, I met Greg and uh, Derek with with DataScribe. I didn't even use them. I didn't. I don't even use them to this day. I became friends with them and uh, eventually out of the deal and understand what their business is. It doesn't fit my model exactly, but they were my first contact. So um, between him and uh, um, Dan there at CBiz, we I started meeting people. Dan started. This is Dan Frederick at CBiz. I can't say his name. Um, he introduced me to several other people at CBiz. And great friends of mine now that are in different departments. They're not all in uh, finance. They're in uh, health, health insurance, and uh, um, so forth. So I started meeting more and more people there, and then um, so I started, I guess, networking. Is really to me, it was just friends, and then learning. Hey, I'm 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 swimming in the deep end here on a yeah. brand new business, and uh, what do I need? You know, I didn't say that like that, but sure. as I needed something, I'd say, Hey, uh, Dan, or Hey, um, Greg, Derek, Jeff, I could go on and on. Um, you need to meet this guy, Ben. You need to meet this guy, and so then I'd go and meet him, and then they'd say that again, and that guy would say it, and so eventually I started meeting a whole bunch of people. Um, you said a couple organizations. Uh, I joined, I got to know uh, a guy named uh, Scott Wesley. He's a owner of uh, Canvas is the name of their, uh, it's a financial planning organization. Scott Wesley's his name. Uh, I got to know him. He was part owner in a place called Arrived Outdoors, which is a kind of an outdoorsy, uh, you know, club type thing. And I started, uh, you know, I'm an out, I'm a hunting and fishing, so that's right up my alley. <laughs> right. So he said, come on down. I don't know anything about it. I go down there and I start meeting people, you know, and uh, everybody there, almost everybody there is a uh, members are business owners. So I start meeting business owners. I start meeting concrete paving guys to wrought iron welders to um, whatever. They're all business owners of some sort or, or uh, decision makers in their company. I started meeting um, guys from banks. I, I, I met, uh, I met some guys from uh, Academy bank there initially and i was looking for a bank so yeah. i so i talked to who better to talk to than the ceo of the bank so That's i awesome. start talking to him and um you know then they talk to other people and then they eventually start building this network i built a huge network what i think is a pretty i had nobody i could have just uh, i guess sat at home and not went and met <laughs> anybody and then i'd still be swimming on some of these yep. things i wouldn't have anybody to call um so uh so now i just starting to build that network, and uh, so arrived outdoors. So I joined arrived outdoors. I was like, "This is the kind of guys I want to be around." Um, Scott and a lot of other people there. I can name a whole bunch of people um, there. Arrived outdoors that I met, from from financial guys, like I said, to a lot yeah. of financial guys I've met, and they they've steered me straight on a lot of different stuff. So, um, and then also me giving back to people that I know in town yeah, and take right. and having them go there so that's they right. can increase their network and uh, so another organization so after i met uh, enough people there they're like you need to be you're a new business owner you're you need to be involved in uh, another organization that helps you know guys like yourself you know entrepreneurs whether you bought your business or whether you're starting your business or whether whatever organization called the uh, ypo mm-hmm. was the name of it so um so i said well what's that you know <laughs> right. dumb me i gotta go and and uh type it into the computer to figure out what it is. I'm like, wow, this is huge organization. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's again, it's all business owners for that. Um, so anyways, I went through the process and got vetted and made sure my company was the right size and 
so forth, and that uh, then you know you get vetted whether you're a good dude, yeah. and evidently I'm a good enough dude, <laughs> and uh, and joined YPO, and so then I started going to their events and started more meeting more people there, you know I play golf with them, I would you know hang out with them, I would whatever, um, starting to get more and more involved in that. Even COVID kind of squashed that for a little bit here, but as just as I was getting going, but um, a great contacts there of people um, that not necessarily to do business with. I'm not. I'm not calling them all up trying to sell them lumber. Um, I'm calling them all up saying, "How did you do this in yeah. your company? I might not do it this year. I might not do it next year. But how did you do this? Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, how's your daughter? Whatever. You know. <laughs> and so you eventually, <laughs> network wise, I, I can cut to the chase with about anything now it seems mm-hmm. like uh, there's always someone who's going to know someone and uh, it's really been very very helpful to mm-hmm. you know ypo is just starting to where i'm starting to get to know more guys in the industry and um, really that's a springboard into me doing stuff me doing stuff outside of uh, the day-to-day at yeah. the, at at the lumber yard to really understand how I can help my guys, I can call other lumber yards outside our market that are in YPO, and they'll sit there mm. and talk to me how they mm. scaled or how they dealt with something or other, you know. And and that's really uh, what I want to start doing so that mm. I can, uh, you know, understand, understand, uh, you know, how they've they've already cracked in that. I I need to under I need to use their their toils and their 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 problems they ever had maybe. And shortcut it. Yeah, that, that's my biggest thing is to shortcut it. Otherwise, you're not only I'm not looking to grow super fast, but I'm I'm looking to grow the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I'm curious what your what your growth desires are. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Competitors all probably listen to this. I'm that's sure they'll right. sit down that's and right. listen to it every day. But uh, um, since you guys are so everywhere, yeah, I, I mean I'm we're the, worldwide, man. Of course. <laughs> so. Um, but I hope they do listen to it because, uh, I mean, like I said, we're hoping to always grow. Are always looking for mm. good, good partners. That's mm. what. That's why I tell them we want the right business. We don't, we don't need any more business than what we've got right now. We always need more, but I guess sure. but we don't need bad business. We don't mm. need risky business. We don't need to undercut everybody out there just so we can make a buck. We need them to understand mm. what kind of company we are. We need them to uh, to get on their bid list every so often. We we need to be visible to them so that they know we exist. Um, I've talked to several um, um, new builders, mm. not new builders, uh, existing builders. You know, owners of builders you know, that have uh, said, "I'm comfortable with my guy over at." you know, such and such lumber yard. I'm really comfortable. I says, that's awesome. Great. If you are, yeah. if you're loyal to him, that's the relationship I want with you. Yeah. Whenever he stubs his toe, he quits, whatever. I'm here. We will, mm. we can do that. And that's what we want. Well, I want you to stay with them. If they're doing you right, I'm not going to come in here and tell you that I'm going to go underneath them. If you want our bid and you want a, a chance of having a good relationship with someone that's going to treat you right, that's what we're here for. Mm. And that's, and, that's what I want all my salesmen to do too. Yeah, I want them out there beating the doors down, and getting bids, and so that we can get more well known as that we exist. You know, yeah. so everybody. Yeah. But yeah. but I don't want the so our growth model is. I'm not sitting here looking at the end of the year, going, oh, it's only 
eight percent and it needed to be ten. God dang, we can't buy that. Truck. No, it, that's not that's not what it needs to be. We need to grow with the right people. Who are the? Uh, you know, I do fun games with them to or try to. I think they're fun. Maybe they don't think they're so fun, but <laughs> but I do try to do games with them to say, hey, let's let's do a little incentive for a new builder. If you can get a new builder in here and he actually pays on time or something like yeah, that, yeah. then, uh, you know, we give him incentive for it, our, our salesman for, for doing that. Um, I think our competition would say, you shouldn't have to incentivize them. They should want to do that. Well, I mean, it's just part of being We're with all my, human. Yeah. Well, it's part right. of being with, the comp, with our company. You know, that's, it's, just, it's just recognition. Absolutely. It's just, just letting them know that I care about them going, taking, going that extra mile. That mm. says a lot to me. Uh, um, about someone, so That's awesome. our growth model isn't isn't uh, double within three years. While I would love that, while I wish I had four yards around town, um, when you get in times where it starts to compress, you don't want four yards in town. Mm-hmm. So the growth needs to be right, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're almost to a point um, here in a little while where we need another yard. Mm-hmm. We need another yard in in a different area of town. And uh, so that's me looking at, yep. you know, good deals that are out there or, or potential s- scenarios to where <coughs> you could do something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, the, that whole growth is, is me trying to understand yeah. where we need to go. And where you should be. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm going to come back real quick to we'll wrap up because you've been way generous with your time. Um and but but before we do that, I, I want to come back to the networking piece that you were chatting about. And, and at, at the risk of overstating it, um, it's incredibly valuable, and especially in this city, um, to have deep, trusted connections and relationships um, may not help the like tomorrow reality of lumber one or guild content or catch 22 next door right but but the long lens that that you you kind of kind of said so eloquently earlier of showing up building trust takes a while keep showing up keep building trust keep offering value keep giving um those long-term relationships will pay off in spades for whatever the effort is in this in the short term and it's not only to do that because it pays off it's to do it because it's 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 a it's an ability f- for us to also be known, for also to, to give and to connect. And, I, and I'm sure you remember this, but when you were talking about the CBiz connection leading to the um, Data Scribe connection, Greg was on our podcast and has a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you and I got connected through Derek at Data Scribe. Mm-hmm. And Derek, and same story, we haven't used Data Scribe yet. We might, uh, we don't, we don't, it not, doesn't necessarily fit our exact model either. Um, but like, talk about an open-handed connector. Those two, in particular, um, are, are terrific connections. And so, I, I just I thought that was cool, kind of for mm-hmm. us to come full circle. They're like, man, that's how you and I first met, which is yep. cool. And that was a year later, right? I'd known Derek for right. a year before Derek was the third person I met when I came to town. I met Derek and and Greg. <coughs> if if that, yeah, if yeah, third one of the one of the first guys I met in a, in a setting like this. He didn't know me. Yeah. I didn't know him. And uh, now we're good friends. Now That's awesome. So. That's awesome. All right, before we wrap, there, there's another dimension of your life I want to at least give a minute to talk about because you're sitting across from me wearing a, a Sims fishing shirt. <laughs> um, so you are into fishing, hunting, exploration, being outdoors, 
backpacking moose across the Alaskan wilderness. <laughs> like, give us a little bit of insight into that part of you, man. Yeah, that's. I guess uh, people ask me what 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 do you like to do for fun, you know? And and uh, I got made fun of at Kiwit because we had to we had to make a like a uh, a bio out there that you know if you were in a different part of the company that you could look me up and understand what made me tick. And one of them was hobbies, and I put everything on there. I mean, I've done <laughs> hunting, fishing, scuba diving, pool, darts, golf, you know, frisbee golf, uh, slow yeah. pitch stuff, whatever. I, yeah. I just listed all these things, all of them, which I have done, you know, yeah, other than frisbee golf, I've done it competitively. The rest of them I have probably done competitively in some way, shape or form, not uh, fishing, maybe a little bit, but anyways, yeah. I have all these hobbies and they're like, how do you ever find time to do any of them? And, uh, I haven't. I didn't, mm. I, but I fit them in edgewise. But uh, uh, many more people are like, well, what do you what do you spend your money on? What do you, what do, you do outside of work? And I'm like, I hunt and I fish. That's pretty much, I play golf too. Mm. But um, um, some people, some of my contacts out there, mm. they don't play golf. They don't hunt. They don't fish. Mm. So what do you do? Oh, I throw darts. Oh, I'll go throw darts with you. At, these sorts yeah. of things. What do you do? Uh, like play pool. Okay. Or some of them just like to sit down and, and have a beer. And so I'll do that. But um, hunting and fishing is my passion. That's probably what I spend 90% of my expendable income on is just doing that. Whether it's, yeah. you know, I'm a big bow hunter. Uh, I, that's what I like. I just, I don't, not always successful as a result. But uh, um, with the time that I get now that I got more, a little bit more time or a little bit more freedom with my time. Yeah. Um, that's what I like to do. I like to like to chase animals around the mountains and around the plains of the United States, uh, um, trying to shoot them with a bow and arrow and fool them. And, and uh, you know, obviously the, the table fair aspect of it too. I love the meat. I mm. you know, make it into different stuff myself. And anyways, not, not a big deal, but uh, that's just what I like to do. That's awesome. Do a little bit of, uh, not as much uh, fishing. I'm, my son's going to get old enough to where he's going to want to start. He's five, and he's going to want to start getting into some more fishing. But uh, um, that's that's easier to do with kids rather than hunting early right. on. But, <coughs> but yeah, that's I, cool. I hunt about anything you want to <laughs> <you wanna laughs> talk about. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, yeah. my man. Um, we end every show with the same five questions. So whatever first pops to your mind is uh, is an okay answer. So number one, what's the last book that you read or listened to? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, can you, okay, there you go. Oh, sorry. A little audio difficulty there. Yeah. Uh, the last book that I read... Um, I can't think of the name of it. I'm halfway through it right now. It's about, uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's all the stories of a uh, game warden, huh. a game warden in uh, Michigan, I think. And he, he, he details little short stories of all, a lot of his different uh, people he hunting and fishing yep. that he, uh, whether they were an offender or whether they were, I can't remember the name of it, wildlife, wildlife stories or wildlife, That's something awesome. or other. It's uh, stories from a conservation officer of the over 30 year career that he re re puts into a book. Oh, that's cool. Yep. I love it. <laughs> um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? I would assume you are afraid of something. Um, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Um, 
I'd probably I'd probably walk into another lumber yard and talk to one another owners, try to talk to one other owners and just how they've developed in this market. Mm. I'm a little afraid to do that. Mm. One, I don't think they'll talk to me, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm afraid to do it because uh, obvious reasons. I just mm. would like would like that insight on how they, you know, mm. especially there's a couple in town that I'd like to talk to to just mm. uh, shoot the shoot, yeah. shoot the Kansas yeah. City market and where it's been and where it's coming to. Yeah, so. that's yeah. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, what's your favorite T-shirt? Favorite T-shirt. Uh, what's it have on it or the, the fabric? Either. Either. <laughs> but it's got to it's gotta be a soft fabric. Yeah. It can't be one of those old school. <laughs> right. Um, my favorite T-shirt, it's probably one that has my the broadhead version that I shoot. That's awesome. <laughs> Severed broadheads. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And and for clarity, you are a, you said you're a big bow hunter. You, you are a big bow hunter. You're six what? Seven. <laughs> you are a big bow hunter, and you bow hunt often. So you're both a big bow hunter and a big bow hunter. If that makes sense, right? <laughs> um, what's your favorite place on earth? Um. Wow. You mean or uh, a couple? Uh, two. Uh, one would be anywhere, you know, up in the mountains where I hunting. And mm-hmm. Literally, I, I do a lot of hunting trips by myself, but uh, go up in the mountains, and uh, that's a really serene quiet yeah. whatever place they're in yeah. uh they're in bali i've been to bali several times oh uh, uh, that's that's one of my favorite places to go that's cool yeah. never been never been to bali i do love the mountains let's go <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um last one when it's all said and done what do you want to be remember remember for um just being a being a good human that uh, cared about his people Cared about either who he worked for, or cared about his family, or cared about uh, um, honest man that mm. owned up to his mistakes. Um, that uh, that uh, you could respect for admitting his mistakes mm. and uh, celebrating his successes, type thing. Mm. It so. takes a lot to say that, man. I'm proud of you. Proud of your. Uh, proud to be part of your story, dude. And it's really great to. Um, yeah, to hear more, and and I'm thankful that you would share it. Where where could people kind of follow along your either personal or professional story? Right, uh, you can't <laughs> follow me personally. Well, you could. I, I follow got, you up I, to the mountains. I, I got a, uh, I got a uh, yeah, I've got a uh, uh, Instagram account, but uh, I don't I don't allow any followers unless I know you. But uh, <laughs> so, but uh, professionally, uh, lumber1kc.com. We we. We did this one thing I did. We revamped our website a little bit. and uh, Looks great. Um, yeah, and then obviously on uh, f- we have uh, Lumber One Facebook. You can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Ben Hank. Uh, on LinkedIn, I'm the one, only one in the country that's Ben Hank, so you'll be easy to really? find me. Yeah. Only one? Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I haven't looked lately, but uh, yeah. if there's another one, then I'm uh, – that's there, awesome. There's two or something. Looks so like yeah. a six seven version. Yeah, of it's a, it's a fairly rare <laughs> last name, but um, yeah, you can follow me personally on LinkedIn. You can follow Lumber One on Facebook, or um, obviously on our website. We do blogs on our uh, web, newly newly formed website, and you can uh, follow along about hear mm. about hear about our story there and hear about uh, stuff that's uh, up and coming. It's awesome, man. Ben, thanks for your time, my friend. Thanks for 
sharing your story with our with our listeners, dude. No problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right.